What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us once again on the TM Up Sports Pod. Kind of feels like we've been uh, on a bit of a hiatus. Um, I think we took last most of last week off um, as Aaron uh, was at a um, water polo championship. And, uh, well, and I actually Mitchell. was at a championship. I was at a championship. Um, my, yeah, water polo. I just said it. My, my, my <laughs> soccer team is in the midst of a playoff run right now, and we got a game this Saturday. So, you know what, Gio? Tried to roast me. It didn't work. Ouch. Well, and Mitchell, <laughs> and Mitchell, I know, was um, was participating in a speed walking tournament um, all weekend. That's correct. Um, yeah. 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 If, uh, so. if you've ever seen that episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Hal gets into speed walking, that was me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cranston at his finest. If you know, you know, for sure. Honestly, man, that that's a wild sport, speed walking. I, I did they is it still in the Olympics or do they take it out? I can't remember. The fact that speed walking was in the Olympics <laughs> and rugby wasn't for the longest time is like the dumbest thing. Dude, speed walking is like arguably harder than any other form of like running. To be honest, oh I thought you were. Gonna it say is kind of difficult, okay? It's like to do it fast. Me. Well, like it's nuts. Like it's stupid. Like it looks stupid. No offense, but like it does take a lot of like technique and like endurance to be able to pull that pull that shit off. Because like honestly, yeah. I don't know. Some of the sports in the Summer Olympics are like, why? Why is this there? And like who, if you guys think about it, there are people like those like absurd sports that we're talking about, like speed walking. Mm -hmm. Like there are people that are practicing like four, for four years, like doing that, like wheeling around on their heels. <laughs> just walking around the burbs. Yeah, honestly, just going for like a little like, I don't know, waddle in the mall, you yeah, know, getting all, yeah, getting ready to go. But yeah, that is. That's a sport that know. you're definitely going to be going to be doing. I can oh, definitely yeah. see you speed walking, Gio. But those absolutely not. I'll tell you what sport I'll be doing, and I'll be doing this as an elder for sure. I'm going to be pasta carving. Did you say yes, pasta carving? Carving. Yes. <laughs> well, of course. But one and Mitchell and I. We're going to be doing this. And Aaron, you will be with us there too. And so will Panit and Manish and all of our friends. All right? Curtis, everybody. We are going to really get into bocce as we get older. I can Aww. feel it. I can feel it. We're going to be – we're going to have our little spot and we're going to have like our little espresso cigar. And we're going to get – Pickleball. Pickleball is pretty fun. You know, so the town that Mitch and I grew up in, Twasson, shout out, um, Woo. they built, so there was like this lawn bowling arena thing at like, a, like next to like the big, the town's big turf field. Um, and I believe it was like in a senior citizen's home. I think awesome. they like built, but then I don't know if you've seen this, Mitch, but on the other side of the turf field, there's like a state of the art like lawn bowling arena now. No way. I think yeah. I've, yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Um, like the, next like to the, the road. Last thing, I, last thing I saw was like the pickleball courts uh, near Denison. That's like the last thing, thing I saw where I was like, oh, well, that's new. I don't even know where that is. Like <laughs> the, the pickleball courts, I'm, I know where Denison is, but I don't even know where – like. But Aaron, just to give you an idea, there's a pickleball, or sorry, a lawn bowling, like, I don't even know what you call it, arena, field, like, next in this old folks' home on one side of the turf. And then on the other side of the turf, they built a state-of-the-art one. No. So there's two massive lawn bowling areas. That just goes to show you, that shows you the demographics of our town. Is that let's say it's not a very young, hot, you know, up and coming uh, suburb. It is a little bit more of a sleepy town, as as you may see. But you know, enough about lawn bowling, you guys. I, you know, although we'll get there one day, 
Um, let's put it on the back burner for now because I'm staying, I'm staying young forever. I don't know what you're talking about. You're already old, okay? Oh um, what <laughs> what I want to talk about, and I'm gonna pass the baton to our boy Mitchell here to kind of give us his thoughts as this is his, his forte, if you will. But the fight of Israel. Now, is it Adesanya? Is that how you say it? Uh, Adesanya. Adesanya. Mitch, take, Mitch, take over. This is... <laughs> and Pareda. I forget his first name. Alex. Gio, you can go talk about Masvidal and how he just got wrecked. I'm going to talk about Khabib yeah. and Hasbula. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> Mitchell, my guy, give yes. us your thoughts on this banger of a fight. Yeah, um, going into it, I, w- I was really stoked, especially because their first MMA fight was such a banger, you know? It was like everything everyone wanted. It was exciting, like to, especially to watch as a UFC fan. You know, it's it's really exciting to see when it's fast-paced, very aggressive, you know, big hits on both sides. Um, and it was like the first time that Izzy literally, like, you know, was defeated like that, you know, in a long, long time. Um pretty much since himself, since Alex Pereira. So it was like, oh my gosh, like this unstoppable guy finally got taken down and it's by this fucking boogeyman of Alex Pereira, right? So going into it, you knew it was going to be another like barn burner. It was just a matter of like, who's going to like get to who first, you know? So watching the fight, I gave round one to Alex. I thought it was pretty close, but I thought Alex did a bit more, especially with those calf kicks. Um... And then in the second round, once again, I thought Alex was doing pretty well. Izzy had some good strikes as well, too. But then when it came to the knockout and Izzy has his back against the cage and, you know, it, it almost mirrored the first knockout, right? Back against the cage, Alex is just teeing off. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's deja vu. Like, Alex is going to get the, the knockout again, right? And then I was so shocked. Just out of nowhere, just this right hand cannon. And I like literally when that happened in real time, my jaw dropped for maybe 30 seconds. Um, so yeah, great fight overall. Uh, I don't know if a rematch will happen right away. Um, we'll get to what Izzy thinks about that in a sec here, but yeah, what, what are your guys' thoughts here? Man, I yeah, that like that knockout came out of nowhere. Obviously, Pereira had him dead to sights, and then I think he just let his guard down. Obviously, Izzy had that last maybe wind of adrenaline. Is like, okay, hey, I, I got to do something, otherwise I'm gonna get killed. And he clocked him, and he clocked him good. He connected in the right spots and um, got him. Uh, however, when there is a third fight, unsure when that's gonna be. Uh, I think Pereira's gonna win no problem. Uh, interesting though that Adesanya was the favorite going into the fight. Slight favorite, but he was still a favorite. I think Pereira should have been the favorite there, and I think Izzy got a little bit lucky that Pereira, you know, kind of let his guard down. Yeah. Um, well, fun fact: um, on the night of the fight, um, we were at our boy Ricky's house. Um, shout out, Ricky. Um, so Aaron and I were the, we're in the, yeah, we were in the El Salvadoran jungle. Um, and we were trying to order Domino's for the longest time. And the Domino's place for some reason next to Ricardo's house just did not have a online ability to order for delivery. We had to call in, which was a real pain in the ass. So it was kind of loud in there. We had some buddies in, uh, in, in his living room. So I went to the bathroom to put in the order so I could hear quiet. And then I just hear a roar come from the living room. And after I finished the order, I come back and I see Israel pulling bow and arrows at Alex Pereira's <laughs> knocked out body. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you so completely missed it. I completely missed it. I was choked and I made everybody rewind it for me. Um, and you know, the first round was almost really good. Um, like you said, Mitch, I agree with you. I've, I would have given the edge to Alex. I think he just landed more shots and just accumulated more points. 
Israel was pretty good too. Landed some nice, um, definitely some nice punches as well. Um, but for me, when I rewatched, because we rewinded a bit to see the build up too, when I saw like exactly the same thought as you, Mitch, I thought he had him. He had him here. Like it, like one more shot from Alex Pereira, like that would have landed on Israel. I think he would have opened him up and he would have just rained down on him. Um, because Israel was up against like, you know, the cage, as you just said. And I think he was just ready, like, like one more shot. He would have opened, like let his guard down. And I think it would have been TKO at least for Alex Pereira, but that like last gasp right hook that just knocked Pereira backward. And then the second shot over top that knocked him out just in, I, it's not luck. I don't want to say it's luck because that's insane talent to be able to do that. It's just, it was so unlikely to happen. You know, it was like I said, last gasp effort and just everything had to go right for Israel to land that shot and to get Pereira basically dazed and confused and he, and he did it. Um, so, I mean, although I missed the actual knockout part, I did get a chance to, rehash it and pretty insane fight um i'm excited for the next one for sure yeah it almost seemed to me like like izzy learned from the first knockout right like if i put myself into izzy's shoes and i'm against the cage and it's like oh my god it's happening again it's like i remember it's like oh like when watching the film i should have just right hooked boom i right hook it works you know so like that's one thing where it's like i do kind of potentially give credit to izzy for it's just kind of like you know, learning from his mistakes and his previous experiences, you know? But, yeah, man, it was, like... Because, like, Pereira, he just had this, like, whole, like... Like, uh, vibe about him where it's, like, this dude is just, like, a stone-cold killer, you know? Yeah. Just completely stone-faced. He will kill... Like, when he's in the cage, it's, like, like Ivan Drago from Rocky. Like, I will break you. You know what I mean? Like, and so to <laughs> see him just so, like... KO'd on the ground like that, I I just like was so yeah. shocked, you know. Maybe maybe Vince McMahon had a had a hand in that with, oh. with the merger of you. <laughs> hey, have you guys <laughs> seen? Have you guys seen Vince McMahon's mustache? <laughs> Dude, he looks like a he looks like a freaking uh, Pablo Escobar mariachi. <laughs> this guy mariachi hat. It, uh, uh, that guy is an absolute meme. Yo, it's like uh, he just has like only like the bottom part of his mustache the top lip is like completely shaved and it looks like he went to like the dollar store and got some just for men and dyed it it looks so bad man i thought it was like an edited photo at first but then ross geller spray tan with it as well (laughs) oily i personally think he looks great um but that's he looks like a like a literal like cartel leader with that thing on his lip like it's just so like Dude, weirdly it's like all over twitter like it's like all over the place <laughs> dude that guy's just such a meme it's unbelievable but um i don't know what you guys thought i wanted to ask you about the fight um in terms of like okay personally and i will admit that i was a little bit ignorant on the fighter profile of israel um adesanya like i didn't know too too much about him um but I, when I saw him, I thought this guy was like mid twenties, but he's like 33, 34. Um, and after the fight, he was acting like a bit of a, like nutcase. Um, like I just, that's yeah, that's just easy, man. He just an absolute nut job is what I took from that fight. Like he, like just like the celebration, like the weird walking, and then there's reports that came out that he was like mocking Alex Pereira's son. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I, I think this is son, obviously his son. His son was saying, I don't know what he said, Mitch. You can probably interrupt here, but his yeah. son said something to him before the fight. That's why. I nah, just yeah, like, something about what uh, I think he's making fun of his last knockout. Right. What ended up happening is uh. Like, I think it was the first or second, or it was the first time that Alex knocked him out in kickboxing, right? And uh, there's, like, a clip of it of, like, they're in the ring and, like, Izzy, like, just got KO'd and he's, like, getting up and stuff. And, like, his kid goes up to Izzy and, like, 
pretends to get knocked out the way that Izzy just did, right? And Alex Pereira's in the ring too, and he just kind of laughs it off. It's like, ah, oh, fucking stupid kid. You know what I mean? But Izzy was like this little piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And so then, like, from that moment, like, fucking, I don't know, like, seven years later, however long later, he, like, still remembered that. So, like, when he knocked him out, he looked for the kid to be like, yeah, I didn't forget, you know? But, um, yeah. That's actually Alex, awesome. Alex Pereira's <laughs> response to it, though, was kind of like, like, man, like, if you're holding a grudge on, like, a seven-year-old kid for, like, all these years, like, that's on you, man, you know? Like, he, did, he didn't really say much about it. Um, he pretty much said Izzy was a little immature. But, um, yeah. That's fucking hilarious. And then I heard that Izzy went and knocked out his kid for no reason. Um, <laughs> All right. That, that, is, that is straight out of summer. That is false. That is false. That's the, that is that's false. the WWE influence right there for the drama. You know, Swanton Bomb on this little boy. You know? Yeah, Vince, yeah. Mc, Vince McMahon just gives Izzy a chair and is like, go dummy that kid I, right now. I need to see a five-round <laughs> Inferno match for Izzy and Pereira. That needs to happen. And then get, like, Brock Lesnar. Special guest get referee. Every, <laughs> get random, like, random, like, uh, middle and heavyweights in there, too, and lightweights. Just get, like, GSP from, like, the top rope for no reason. <laughs> I know this is like, so like ridiculous, but imagine a Royal Rumble with UFC fighters. That'd be ooh. insane. That would be you know? insane. It would just be chaos. <laughs> who do you think like, wins? Just be, who do you think I wins? Think guys would literally die. Oh, man, I, yeah. It'd yeah. be a bit of a especially well if it's hosted in the octagon, someone's dying for sure. Yeah, yeah. Imagine someone getting Kato. <laughs> someone getting Kato and they just get like probably gets beat up even more, or gets stepped on or something. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Like, just all that chaos going on, and like, dude, especially when it comes to like submissions, like if somebody's getting choked out, there's like a slight window where it's like, okay, I can tap, and like I'm passing the fuck out, you know. And like, I don't think refs are gonna be able to like see that if there's like 15 people in a cage, you know, doing MMA. Yeah. So it's like people are just gonna be like <laughs> getting arms broken from arm bars and shit, and like just literally knocked the fuck out. It would be insane. We're gonna have. But, Imagine being like su- like sucker punched too. Like you're like squaring up <laughs> against the guy, and somebody else just like like fucking like scorpion kicks you in the face. Like while you're literally just stat- like squaring up against another guy, or like a flying knee like to the back of the head. Like it would just be chaos. But Ray yeah. Mysterio would run the UFC Royal Rumble. He'll just be like perched up on the top of the octagon, like if like just to be jumping off. That's what not. I love it, but I think that's a great idea, Mitch. I think we, you should maybe write a letter to, to Vince, Vincent, the mustache, and see what he thinks. And Dana, good old Dana. What's interesting is that, like, with the merger, uh, Vince is technically Dana's boss now. So I'm actually yes. really curious about how that's going to impact the UFC, because, like, I, 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 I'm sure I can speak for most of like the ufc fan base like we don't really want like the fake dramatic kind of entertaining or not entertaining but like the fake side of like wrestling to trickle into mma you know what i mean of course um so it's kind of like a concern to be completely honest so i'm just so curious the motivation to merge well there must be money right they got a they got a sick deal that merger was like made wwe's valuation at nine billion dollars which i don't think anyone expected their valuation to be that much and then they made vinnie mac like you said mitch the executive officer director whatever they however they wanted to say it of both brands basically of the parent company so technically both brands like that's a win 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 and then they got their own uh, lump sum payout as well since they sold the company mm-hmm. yeah. well you know what's uh it may be a win 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 aaron but you know what's a lose, 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 lose? Don't don't talk is about the Toronto Raptors playing match that took place today, dude. Um, dude, I don't, Aaron. I'm gonna give you the floor to to lead off here, but I am I'm still a little bit shocked at just how pathetic um, that that game was uh, for for the Raptors. But Aaron, lead us off on 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 your thoughts there. Might, might just use the last 30 minutes up of the pod here just exploding and 
what was actually a good first two and a half and three quarters of basketball you get into the fourth quarter and it's like what is happening and before that the first three quarters toronto built up a 19 point lead while shooting 50 percent from the free throw line and it wasn't like oh they made three out of six free throws they, they finished the game 17 out of 34 from the free throw line and it's just unacceptable Clearly, DeMar DeRozan's daughter is somehow responsible for that. I, I don't know. Anyone, did you just hear about that, by the way? Her screaming at the top of her lungs? Yeah, at every free throw, which whatever. Oh, my God. It's just, like, you're I, professional. They're, people are, like, in the playoffs, people are yelling and whatever so, all the time. So bad. But with all that going on, they still had a double digit lead in the third quarter and we're up by I think nine points going into the fourth quarter and then Toronto's fourth quarter offense was was awful like it was similar to Minnesota last night when they launched the Lakers and their offense in the fourth quarter last six seven minutes where they just played iso ball no ball movement dribble 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 shoot like I was messaging another group chat and I was saying like this is where Kawhi would take over. Because this Raptors team, like, they're starting five. It's a good starting five, but they don't have that alpha. And when Toronto mm-hmm. won that champ- that title in 2019, pretty much the same roster minus Kyle, like, the same starting lineup. You're just missing Kyle Lowry, Serge, and Mark. But, you know, like, Mark didn't do too much in the offensive end. But you had Kawhi. And he could just do whatever he wants whenever he wanted. And when faced with a double team, he could pass out of that double team very, very well. Pascal in a double team was like, oh my goodness. He would dribble and then shoot it off the side of the backboard, which literally happened. Not exaggerating. Um, Spicy P. Fred is cold. (laughs) He's gone. Uh, He actually made some good shots, but struggled a bit in the fourth quarter. Like, the Raptors can't finish around the rim with Pirtle and Barnes. They struggle. They don't have a soft touch. And, like, OG's the only really true three-point shooter because Fred is so hot and cold. So, I know we talked about this in the past where I was super, super high on this Raptors squad. But the offensive execution in the fourth quarter, last five minutes, was brutal. Like, they played... 40 minutes of solid basketball and they are running the bulls out of the gym. But Zach Levine took over as the ISO kind of star that he is. And that's what Toronto really needs, really needs to address in the off season. I know we're going to talk about that, but Siakam cannot be a, he cannot be your primary go-to bucket getter. He just can't, he can't get it done. Barnes. I think they need to move on to Fred, move on from Freddie. Uh, addition by subtraction to help grow Barnes. And that breaks yeah, my I, heart saying that. I love Fred. You I, know? I love Fred. Such too. an OG, like, you know? Yeah. I think it was one of those things where looking back at it, everyone's like, yeah, we're so happy when we made that trade for Kawhi for DeRozan. But I think a lot of us were like, please don't trade DeRozan. Please don't trade DeRozan. Like, even though they kept losing to LeBron every single year, I think Raptors fans were somewhat okay with losing to LeBron every single year because it's LeBron and Toronto would beat literally every other team in the playoffs. So people were like, don't trade DeRozan for Kawhi. And then if you remember, Kawhi didn't play that whole year in San Antonio. No one knew how he was going to be. So I think it's one of those things where, yeah, you got to move on from Fred. It's going to suck, but I I think it's going to work out better in the long run. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with most of those points. Before I kind of give my my thoughts on it, Mitch, uh, what are you feeling about the Raptors at this point in time? Are you thinking there's going to need need some monumental change going forward into the off season? Like, do you think that there's areas that they need to address through draft or or, or trade, or like how how do you kind of see it playing out after what was a really disappointing play in um, game tonight? I feel like. In my opinion, like I, I didn't watch too too much of the Raptors this season, if I'm being transparent, but like the feel I get is that it's like they're stuck in a limbo, right? It's like we're not shitty enough to like be in a rebuild, but we're not quite like 
like that it team enough to make a long run in the playoffs right now, you know? So it's kind of like, I, I think that like the team needs to decide first, like what direction they want to do right now. Cause if it's kind of like, all right, guys, like abandon ship, you know, get rid of Fred, get some draft capital, whichever, you know, like if that's the direction they want to go, I, I say, yeah, like let's do it. But then alternatively as well, it's like, if it's like, no, like, this is the team we want to build around. We want to like win now. It's like, then kind of like what Aaron was saying, then we need to get that alpha. You know what I mean? We need to like chalk up some dough and get somebody then, you know? So it really depends on like what direction they want to go in right now, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and that's kind of one thing I was saying last time we had our basketball special with, uh, with Brian Wallach um, a while back near the trade deadline is that the Raptors are very much like they, like a team that's stuck in a decision between rebuilding or being aggressive and competitive is the worst position to be in. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the Vancouver Canucks of the NBA where like you're not bad enough to be with the bad, bad and, and, and um, you know, uh, battle for Obama but you're also not good enough to beat the bulls on home court to get into the playoffs. Um, and it's just such a weird and difficult position to be in. And um, I agree with you, Aaron, in the sense that, yeah, I think they definitely need to address the sort of the, the position at the big man. Um, they need a scorer there. They need a guy that can kind of, kind of like a JV to be honest, but with better traits because JV is this star, I feel. Sorry. Obviously, I mean, obviously they need a star, but. I, yeah, but I, like even even if they want to build a team that's like what more well rounded, I think you need a better center to like like a point getting center that's just better around the rim offensively and not a liability defensively. And I think honestly, like the story of the game today, aside from terrible finishing and just not having an answer for Zach Levine and Demar. I, I think they, they just I think they need to move on from Spicy P as well. I think it's just him and Freddie V, in my opinion, have to go. And I think that um I don't know if they will because from all indications, guys, it seems that uh Masai Ujiri wants to be aggressive and believes in, in what he's doing here. And hey, I'm not gonna doubt the man. Uh he brought us a championship. But at the same time, like what Mitchell said as an organization, they need to figure out what direction they're going in. And I don't think that, like you said, Aaron, Spicy P is a guy that you can rely on to be sort of your point getting, um, you know, the point, a point getter, a guy that's going to put up, you know, 25 to 30 points a night and, and really lead this team. Scotty Barnes are still in the growing phase. Um, you know, OG, I think, is a great piece, but he's also very injury prone. So that's something that you have to worry about as well. Um, and I would love to see them go after a star player as well and something, kind of be, yeah, get an alpha. About, something about Siakam, which is why they're going to keep him. So he's not going to make, there's a good chance, which is kind of surprising actually. That he's not going to make any of the All NBA teams. The first, set, obviously, the first, but maybe not even the third team he's going to make. So that's going to decrease his potential max contract he can get when he resigns. So I think that's the reason why Toronto will will resign him because he won't be able to sign such a max contract that um, players comparable to him would get. Um, so they'd be getting him on quote unquote a bargain. So again, I think Siakam. Like when they won in 2019, he was the third player, and he in the finals really became the second um, point getter slash scorer behind Kawhi Leonard in the finals against Golden State. He can still be that second guy because he's way better than what he was in 2019. He just cannot be the primary person. But Nick Nurse is going to be gone most likely. I mean, he ran the starters into the ground. Not entirely his fault though, because the bench was god awful. So, like, Masai's got to fix the bench. They need more depth there. With Nurse likely gone, uh, I don't know who their assistants are. Chris Finch, Minnesota's coach, was Toronto's assistant, and he left to go to Minnesota. So, I don't know if they have any homegrown homegrown assistants. They might have to look elsewhere. But 
Um, the maybe draft, the, the draft won't be. Maybe we bring in uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and Harden. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, might as well. I might as well bring back Tristan Thompson too, like the Lakers just did, huh? Yeah. Then everybody, don't invite your wives to any of the games okay. uh, if that's the case. Um, it was because... hilarious. I don't know if anyone saw that video that's going around on Twitter of Tristan Th- Tristan Thompson um, like practicing like his little small baby jump shots from like four feet out and he bricks like six in a row. He is just an absurd human being, to He's be honest. He's awful. I don't know why the Lakers signed him. Like, this is brutal. He is... And he doesn't have a great track record when it comes to um, just being a loyal partner in life. Um, ask Khloe Kardashian. Um, but, um, but yeah, and, and just to kind of wrap up on the Raptors, guys, because I do want to switch gears into the NFL um, before, we, before we finish today's pod. But the story of today, guys, like it is completely and utterly unacceptable to go 50% from the field. Or from the free throw line, sorry. That's completely that unacceptable. Is. At home, at home. It's not even like they were on the road and nerves and whatever, which is still unacceptable. You were you were at home. You got beat by a like little seven year old girl screaming at you. Um, if for those of you who don't know, DeMar DeRozan's daughter was just shrieking every time the Raptors did their free throws. Um, but that's pathetic. That's pathetic performance. That's literally uh, if if you basically asked Dwight Howard to go up and shoot your free throws every time. Like that's how bad that is. If if they like got all free throws in, that's an extra eighteen points right there. You know, and it's free points. It's literally free throw. You know, like obviously you're not going to get every single one in, but yeah, we should be going about eighty percent minimum. Even even if they had half of the sixteen that they missed, they win the game. No no problem at all. But they should be going at least 80 from the field. At, or, sorry, I keep saying from the field. 80 from the free throw line. Um, 80%. You should you should be hitting that. At home, they have the, the guys that can do it. It's not like they've got a bunch of big guys. Like, even their big guys, like, should be able to get one of two each time. And then you should be able to get, you know, a decent two for two um, from, from some of your sharper shooters. But that's crazy. That's a crazy bad stat. So... A lot of questions will be asked of the Raptors, of Nick Nurse, you know, Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri have a lot of work to do, um, you know, and it's up to for the management to make a move here. And speaking of management that have made some moves, the Baltimore Ravens have closed a deal for Odell Beckham Jr. to join the Baltimore Ravens. Not a good and time. He's washed. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you for your input. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, you can say what you want about OBJ. Um, he's still a big name on the market for what's a fairly uh, uninspiring, you know, wide receiver free agent market. Um, for anybody looking for a real impact number one or, hell, even a number two receiver at this point. Um, but it still seems to carry some significance because – Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are still in limbo with the latest statement being put out is that Lamar Jackson had requested a trade and had made that public on his Twitter account. Um, But another tidbit is after the signing of Odell Beckham Jr., he did make a social media appearance as well. Um, I believe it was a, uh, a FaceTime screenshot between the two of them. Um, as, uh, as, as Odell will be arguably the number one receiver um, and secondary and second threat for the Ravens behind Mark Andrews. Um, so, I mean, like you said, Aaron, despite him, you know, if you think he's washed, that's one thing, but at the end of the day, this guy's coming in as a core piece of that receiving core. So it's uh, in, in that essence, it's a pretty big move for, for the Baltimore Ravens, but Mitch, um, couple questions for you a what do you think of this signing do you think it's a good signing and b perhaps the more important question do you think that this is going to do you think that this had anything to do with trying to entice lamar jackson to stay and if so do you think that it's gonna work 
I I personally think that Lamar is going to stay now. This is just my opinion, and I think it's because I think Odell. I don't I don't think Odell would sign for a team that he knows the QB is a completely shit situation. You know, Snoop. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think that like Lamar and Odell probably had like conversations, like you know, like DMs or whatever, and just to kind of get a feel for like, hey man, like what are you thinking? Because it's like you know, like speaking the Ravens, whichever. And I think that like I think that enticed uh, Odell to sign with them is that Lamar probably was like, yeah man, I'm like ninety percent sure I'm gonna stay or something like that. Um, I think it's a, a pretty sweet gig for Odell TBH in the sense that he's, like you said, Gio, he's going to be like the number one receiver, uh, you know, behind, you know, obviously Mark Andrews. Um, but yeah, especially for his age to be a number one, where on many other teams, I think he's a solid number two, maybe, you know, like even on LA, he was number two to Cooper Cup or, you know, you put him on the Raiders, he's going to be number two to Devontae Adams to kind of be like the focal point, which is what any football player wants, really. You know, you always want to be like, you know, get in the touchdowns, whatever, right? Um, I Yeah, I think it's a sweet deal for Odell if Lamar stays. That's a big if. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of worried how this affects the Colts TBH as a Colts fan. Uh, just because, like, because now I believe that Lamar is more than likely going to stay with the Ravens. I don't know who will get in the draft. Then um, I was hoping we would just kind of, you know, put this whole hurrah in about yeah, we're going to get a QB, get a QB. We take Will Anderson and then push hard for Lamar. But now that Lamar is probably not there, I I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, it's um, that's a whole other angle too. That's quite interesting. Is is you know in our last episode um, or last episode with Aaron, just Aaron and I, we were talking a little bit about Lamar Jackson's potential landing spots and the two teams that I had on my list, like the number one team for me was, was the Colts. Um, just, it made a lot of sense um, for that sort of move to be made for Lamar and for the Colts, um, especially with just how mediocre the Colts have been at their quarterback position for so long basically they've had no one good since Andrew Locke. Um, like they had like a, like a decent like year or so out of Jacoby Brissett. Like he did as much as he could within his capabilities. And Philip Rivers but, too. Good old. Uh, yeah. Phillip like Philip Rivers. He wasn't, bad. he wasn't bad. Like he wasn't, he obviously wasn't as good as he was in his prime, but he, mm-hmm. he was admirable um, in the sense that he, he put up some numbers and gave them a chance in the playoffs. And, um, uh, you know, was was still a decent, better quarterback, but they never had a game changer since Andrew Luck. And I think, you know, I, th- I feel like Ursay would be the kind of guy to be aggressive with that move. Um, but, you know, I agree with you, Mitch, in the sense that I think the move in itself kind of, um, you know, the writing's on the wall there in the sense that, you know, they, I don't think that OBJ is going to commit to the Ravens if he feels that, Lamar Jackson is is out the door. Now on the flip side, it's only a one-year deal. There is guaranteed money there. Um, and honestly, even if it is Snoop Huntley or whoever, um, you know, if they go and draft somebody, which I don't think they will at this point, like they don't think they'll try to draft a quarterback unless they, they actively trade Lamar. But at the end of the day, you know, we could look at the OBJ move as like, okay, that's a assurance that Lamar is going to stay. But if you look at it from OBJ, OBJ side, one-year deal, I get to be the number one receiver no matter who the quarterback is. I get to kind of reestablish my name, hopefully, um, as an um, elite wide receiver, um, at the minimum, a wide receiver number two, um, where maybe next year after this season, I put up some good numbers, maybe crack. 850 to a thousand yards in that range and get, you know, maybe double digits and touchdowns. I could really reestablish the market for myself. Um, and, and sort of show everybody that, you know, my injury is not holding me back because I think that's a lot to do with it as well. I think teams that there were some teams out there that maybe, maybe OBJ would have preferred to go to, um, that maybe were hesitant with his, you know, a, the money he'd want and be the injury history, but, Again, I think more realistic than not, it's it's more 
you know, showing that Lamar is more than likely going to stay with Baltimore at this point in time. And yeah, Mitch, I don't know what that means for your Colts, my guy, but I sort of, in, in sort of my mind of the draft, I have them targeting Anthony Richardson um, just because I think I do still think no matter what the um, pundits say and, you know, rumors and all that, I do think that CJ Strode and uh, Bryce Young will be the first two quarterbacks off the board. Um, and I, I do believe that two of those teams will be selecting before um, the Colts at the quarterback position. So, well, the market yeah, has kind of settled itself after the craziness that is the NFL draft combine and workouts. Um, it's kind of reset on Anthony Richardson where all that hype and flair is gone and you see the quarterback that he is. And I am high on his raw ability, but he does need a lot more work. Um, so the and the odds makers have shown that too. His his um, projection to go number one overall is back to uh, seventeen to one, so it's back to where it really should be. So he's not going in the top five or top ten, unless the team's doing a really good good job hiding it, like how the Cleveland Browns did that one year when they drafted Baker. No one knew. <laughs> Home run, that baby. Was, that was still yeah, massive. Good I could see the Colts. Good. I mean, uh, to me, it's the Colts are either going to take. I mean, honestly, it depends on the Panthers and Texans. That's the main thing. Um, I mean, I still am not – I don't know what the fuck the Panthers are planning. They Like, they gave up, like, the kitchen sink for to get um, to get the first overall pick, and then there's rumors that they're willing to trade out of it. And so I, I don't – you don't do that unless you see a guy that is, like, a, whole, like a home run to you, right? I, uh, so that's – yeah. I was going to say, I think, like – yeah, I definitely agree. They should definitely take either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud for the Panthers. And I would love for them to sign Cam Newton as a backup to help like mentor this queue. And that way, like Cam Newton kind of end his career with the Panthers, you know, passing on the baton to another number one draft overall Carolina Panther quarterback. I just think it's like a storybook ending for Cam Newton, you know? I agree. I agree. I that's actually that's I don't a good think- call. I don't think that's going to happen, though. As, as, as cool as it sounds, Cam, I think Cam will only back up a top-ish quarterback. As weird as that sounds, because you would think he wants to back up a crappier quarterback because he wants to play, but I, I, I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think that's in his mindset. I don't think he wants to mentor either. I don't think that's what he wants to do. Maybe later it on. It would be a great story, though. It would be great. Yeah, but that's, I don't, that's not Cam. That's not who he is, but... Back to the Odell stuff, I think Lamar, Lamar's just pulling a Kobe here. Back when Kobe requested a trade from L.A. back in 2007, he didn't really ah, want to leave. but He's playing their bluff. He, he needed things to happen and really, really had to push the needle a little bit. I don't think Baltimore's paying Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million a year to be the number one wide receiver, as weird as that sounds. I think Baltimore is going to look to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. is not a wide receiver one in this NFL anymore. If he were to only get 850 yards this season, I don't see him playing in the NFL after this season because of his oh, I, I don't know. personality. Because of his personality. Would you rather have Odell Beckham Jr.? And all the antics and drama that he could potentially cause only giving you 850 yards. Mac freaking Holland's got 850 yards this year on the Oakland Raiders. So Right. I think that would be that would be a bit of a I think if he goes in as a number one or two receiver threat, um, forget Mark Andrews, but just at the receiver position, I think that for him to really reestablish himself, like I think eight hundred and fifty yards is an okay yeah. season, but for a I guy really like him. But for him, though, he needs to get over a thousand to at least least because of all the baggage that comes along with Odell Beckham Jr. Teams. Well, the baggage, the baggage of him is his injuries. Injuries. But like, look at all the drama he's just caused. Like even in Cleveland, as humble as people might have thought he was in Cleveland, still like still rumblings about this, this, that. I mean, I don't even have to bring up the Giants. The only reason there was no drama caused in Los Angeles was because, good lord, Aaron Donald would have straight up killed him 
in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, he he was very much like that's the thing. I think the the one thing with that too is all those teams where he created issues was where he was the guy. He got to LA and everyone knew that was Cooper Cup's team when it came from from receiving sort of thing. Like that was a you know that was a team that he was very much a secondary piece too. Um, and he knew it. And if he acted on a line, he's gone. Yeah. Sorry? So I don't... He got signed late too, didn't he? Like halfway through the year or something yeah. like that? He was like a late yeah. addition. So it's like, it's almost like yeah. he didn't have enough time to like <laughs> kind of fuck shit up, you know? Yeah. And um, he, and to he be a dick. Even, <laughs> and he didn't even play, like, yeah, he had a good Super Bowl, but he didn't even play that well in Los Angeles. He tore his ACL last, in the Super Bowl. His last, after the his last yeah, his last games in Cleveland a lot of drop balls, open routes where he's just dropping. Like he's regressed quite a bit, and uh, he's got Baltimore good here with this fifty million dollars. I don't think he's worth fifty million dollars. I think he's more of a seventy-nine million dollar guy at this state of his career. And if he if he's gonna be the number one receiver on Baltimore, if they don't pick up anyone else, draft anyone else, because I don't think Rashad Bateman is is the number one just yet. We'll see. Uh, I don't, I don't know. That's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see. There's some big, great receivers. It's a big name sign available. You, you know That's all this, it. all this talk about like you know like, uh, like we expect him to get this many yards and everything. Different comparison to different receivers. It it honestly kind of made me start thinking about uh, fantasy football. I know that we're so far out, but I'm just like so curious to think like like who you guys think is gonna be like a sleeper pick this year. Like who do you think is somebody that nobody's gonna expect to just break out. Well, nobody's gonna expect. I. So, hmm, I think that people expect question. it, but I. I still think. Ju- I still think Justin Fields is gonna freaking break out this year and watch out for the Bears. Who? I am on my Justin Fields. I am on my. Okay, shut up, dude! You're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sucks. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> no, I. The Bears were god awful last year, and Justin Fields was okay, but that team was garbage if if they can with all this draft capital actually hit on some of these draft picks um they've already signed some quality free agents watch out seriously watch out for the chicago bears the 1985 bears are back (laughs) you are insane i do like personally because uh i did pick him up late in the season last year and he helped me win some really late season games which i needed um, but yeah, I could see that too. I feel like the Bears have like made it known that this is their guy. They're going to build around him, you know. Um, I think Justin Fields can actually have a decent year as well. I think that a bounce back candidate for I don't know if it's necessarily a sleeper pick, but I think it's kind of a a bounce back candidate for me is Darren Waller in New York. Um. Mm-hmm. I think he just kind of felt like the guy's supremely talented. And I think he just lost out of favor in, um, in Las Vegas as they brought in Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs was just a menace on the ground. Um, you know, they, they also relied on guys like Hunter Renfro and, and Mac Hollins. And um, I think I he just kind of just didn't really do a good job in putting him in of utilizing him and, and then injuries. So, yeah, and it, right, and he's going under a great coach in Brian Dable. Um, and he has a top five a fantasy quarterback. Fantasy quarterback. <laughs> oh, Hell yeah, my guy. I think, and I also think another sleeper pick, and he did kind of break out in the second half of the year, really broke out, but I think this guy could be massive, is my boy Christian Watson. Um, you saw a glimmer of chemistry there in that one game that uh, that Jordan Love came in against the Eagles. Um, and, you know, they connected on a couple big plays and then a huge touchdown play too. And, um, you know, Christian Watson was just an insane, insanely good athlete. Um, and despite being injured, just put up great numbers. So, um I, I don't know if that's a, if that's a sleeper per se, but I think he could really establish himself as a top number one guy, hopefully next year for my sake, but if not, perhaps the year after as kind of a, a real can't miss wide receiver 
selection and, and fantasy drafts across the board. What's a team that's going to be historically bad this year? Like Houston was historically bad last year. Mm. Jacksonville the year before. Who's whose turn is it this year? Mm. I got my it's eyes all over Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. I was gonna yeah. say they're mailing it in for Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, that's Arthur what they're Blanks, doing. Arthur they're Blanks said it. it's not the right time to get Lamar Jackson. For good lord, their quarterback is Desmond Ritter. What do you mean it's not a good time? Yeah, it's it's a shit show. It's a shit show for them. They are, and I mean, honestly, I'm really sorry to say it, Mitch, but if you guys don't figure out what the hell is going on at quarterback this year and try to go with like another, you know, Matt Ryan type guy, I could see Jim Irsay also having his eyes on Caleb Williams and thinking, what you know, indie, it, but though. that's gonna be though. The rest of the roster is pretty decently constructed. Yeah, good. Their defense is okay, average, above average. I don't I actually don't know. Like they they have a good roster. It's just literally the quarterback, ugh. Uh, mm-hmm. running back, good. Uh, wide receivers, good. Just like, literally the most important position can can't get it right. Yeah, I'm I'm also super stoked for uh, Jelani Woods. He kind of had a like bit of a breakout at tight end near the tail end of the season. There, we just didn't really utilize him. Like he's a Big dude, man. He's like super Mo, tall. Mo Alley Cox. Literally him, him and uh, Jelani Woods. Also, a great name, Mo Alley Cox. I love that name. <laughs> that, is, um, that is a good. That's a good handle. But dude, if we can go out there with two tight ends, man, with with Mo and Jelani, and just fucking jump ball and Randy Moss, people. You know what I mean? It's like I would love that. But you need a good quarterback to throw those good balls, you know. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm so not worried but anxious to see what the Colts do at the quarterback spot just because it I I have no idea I have no idea I really thought we were going to go after Lamar but now I feel like that's a lost cause well it's also like I mean the quarterback market is completely screwed now like there's nothing out there that would make you feel good about getting to to bring in what if on the UFA market what if wild card out of nowhere we signed a rod I would love it. <laughs> just get him, get him out of my face, and get him somewhere else. We, uh, I know we weren't going to talk about it, but I guess for because I, I saw a tweet, but um, obviously they haven't talked for a couple of weeks. Someone was like, "Everyone's all haha, whatever." They haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers opens the door, saying, "Hey, I'm here for offseason workouts." Next thing you know, Green Bay owes him sixty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right well the thing too is like the 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 packers the one thing that the packers have going for them is the stupidity of the jets management like i don't know why joe douglas thought it would be is it joe or jim i think it's joe right no. joe douglas um i don't know why he thought it would be a good idea to like go up on stage and i, don't, I forget where it was at but he was basically saying aaron Rodgers will be here and like certified the fact that they're getting Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, I mean, again, like the quarterback market is so thin, you guys, like for the Colts, but now the Jets are cornering themselves. Like, who are the, the Jets can, they cannot wheel back with Zach Wilson after signing Alan Lazard and like, um, you know, bulk it, like bringing in Nathaniel Hackett and sort of being as aggressive as these. Uh, as they have been in the UFA market, you cannot wheel back with Zach Wilson. Hell, Robert Salas said he's the number two quarterback. And, you know, the savior, Mike White, is gone. <laughs> so, like, again, like, the, the Jets are really throwing themselves into the deep end here. The Packers have two quarterbacks. At the end of the day, you can talk about the cap applications, but they have two quarterbacks on their roster. The Jets literally don't have anybody the Colts don't have anybody. Um, those are the two teams that need to figure it out. And we're running out of time here. And I, you know, I think we'll probably talk about Rogers another day and kind of the situation unfolding there. Cause again, never ending circus, but I wanted to end off Mitch by asking you as a Colts fan, out of the quarterbacks available that, that we expect will be available. 
at the top of the draft. And mm-hmm. let's say, you know, we expect CJ Strode and Bryce Young to probably go one of them at least, but out of the four quarterbacks, CJ Strode, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, rank them for us from one to four in your preference as a pro cold. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm going to rank Will Levis based on his eating habits. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Ew, doesn't he eat like raw meat or was that somebody else? Bro, he was eating like a rotten banana today. Yeah, he, uh, he eats banana with the peel. Yeah. Okay. He ate a rotten banana with today, a black. Yeah. Uh, he also puts mayo or something in his coffee. Super oh, weird. that's right. Super so you basically, it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or a psychopath as your quarterback. Running at Nathan Rourke, dude. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. The go. Let's go. Um, That'd be sick. <laughs> hometown kit, you know. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, fuck, man. I really want either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I know that's probably not going to happen. And then after that, it's like, if we get, you know, Anthony Richardson, which as we were saying before, it's like after the draft hype recency buy buy and see kind of goes down, it's like, it almost kind of gives me shades of like a Jamarcus Russell, like a big ass cannon, but like, I don't know, you know? And then there's that other dude. I feel like if teams are willing to take a risk, risk, not handed hooker, that guy's like 30 years old. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm with Stenson. Thomas Robinson, I think. UCLA product. Similar to Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's as tall though or as built. But he could be a project that could work out very, very well. Yeah. Take the thirty take the thirty six year old Stetson Bennett. Dude, Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett are like the same age, dude. I know, it's hilarious. <laughs> They're so old. What was that uh Brandon Whedon? Was that his name? Oh yeah. Him? Yeah, he was super old too. He was like a rookie dude, at like 32 or something like that. Dude chose the wrong sport, man. He but had think, he was well, a first rounder of the Yankees. I think he was drafted by the Browns back in the day. I don't know he was with the Cowboys. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he uh, was. He was on the Correct. Browns, yeah. That was like back in like the Josh Gordon era. Crazy. You know who I thought would have been a sick quarterback but just never panned out was Brady Quinn. Crickets. Yeah, he was good in college. He was, he was he was good in college. Notre Dame. That's about it. When the Browns drafted Brady Quinn, obviously very young at the time, we'd be like, oh, this is just classic Browns. Browns had a the Browns had a time in their existence where like they would always have like the fifteenth pick or twentieth pick, even though they were always so garbage. Like they always had that second first round pick. They'd like always spend it on a quarterback who was just garbage. They're like they Johnny Manziel. That's what they did with Johnny Manziel. Yeah, it's like they're like fuck it. We have a twenty-second overall pick or whatever it was. We're taking J money and we're gonna love it. And Wait, it worked out. I remember watching that, perfectly. being like, that was such a classic Browns move to just draft Johnny Manziel. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just the most electric NCAA player of all time, but also so much baggage. And then the Browns are literally just like. Fuck it. What else do we got to lose? We suck anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, the Browns are actually in like one of our good friends, me and Mitchell, shout out Austin, is a big Browns fan. And this team, like it's like they, they're like, it's like they're in a competition with themselves to try to get the most controversial quarterback they can. Like they go from Johnny Manziel, who had, you know, like problems written all over him and they're like you know what let's go after the guy who has like over 20 sexual assault accusations against him and throw the bag at him and be like you're our guy the funniest thing the funniest thing with cleveland when they were so garbage during like the 2010s and stuff is they literally had the best left they had the best left tackle in the league and a top five left tackle of all time in Joe Thomas. Just yep. chilling on the left yeah. side, not allowing a thing get past him. Yeah. They, they, they somehow could not build around that. Like they didn't have to worry about the left side because Joe Thomas they had didn't, that on the yeah. quarterback. Quarterback didn't even have to think twice about his blind side, but sucked. But everything else sucked. Man, the Joe Thomas story just reminds me of like Calvin Johnson or Barry Sanders, where it's like, like such oh. a great talent, like so good, 
but then just bad situation, you know? I was watching a clip today, actually, of, um, I think it was, what was it? Was it a Packers and Lions game in, I forget what year it was, but it was Deion Sanders was on the Lions. Deion Sanders was on the Lions? Or sorry, it was in Barry Sanders. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, wait. Not Deion. Deion ain't on the Lions, bro. (laughs) Barry Sanders, whatever, same thing. (laughs) Rod Todd. Our credibility has just gone down the drain as soon as he said same thing to the greatest running back of all time compared (laughs) to the greatest corner of all time. But oh. wait, we're talking about OJ? Kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, hold, hold, I, hold. I love Yo, since I since I got you on hot takes here, greatest tight end duo of all time. Duo? Tight end duo? Two of them? Oh, I already Mo know Ali right Cox, off. <laughs> Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Williams. I know this is controversial. <laughs> give me give, give me Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Insane yeah. duo. But yeah, like that's, obviously that's we know what happened was. there. But fuck, man, they were sick. You know? Yeah, yeah dude, Gronk went crazy. I mean, so did Aaron Hernandez. He killed somebody. <laughs> but no, I know that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> okay, as a Packers, that's Tanyan, you fake Packers fan. <laughs> it's not. Ta- it's like, it's not though. Like that's it. Like. He's literally pronouncing his own name wrong. It's Tanyan. It's T-O-N, not T-U-N. Are you telling him how to pronounce his name? Yeah, you're goddamn right I am. Robert, get on here and tell us. I'm going to say Tanyan because it just, it phonetically sounds better. His his name's not even Robert. It's Robert. (laughs) I was, I was, I was was reading this thing where it's like a foreigner trying to read American states and then they say Kansas pops up. And they see Kansas, and then Arkansas pops up, and they're like, Arkansas. <laughs> I've seen that. I laugh every time. It's, I mean, like, how can you not think that? Like, why the fuck would it be Arkansas? You know what's funny? Like, speaking of, of names, because I love butchering names. It's kind of like, <laughs> just my thing. Do you, but, do um, you though? Do you? I do like it. It's, uh, it's, because, it's almost like my, my, my thing, you know? My, like, quirk. You know, like like Aaron's known for bad takes. I'm known for, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm known for butchering names on purpose. Um, no, um, what was I going to say? Uh, a funny story, Aaron, is that so Mitch and I like to engage in some NHL uh, um, quite often. I'd say um, Mitchell's recent employment has kind of put a, a stain on that. So thanks, Mitch. Um, <laughs> But uh, but um, when we would play, you know, a lot, you know, on the weekends or whatever, um, like on the cover, it's Trevor Zegras of the Ducks and um, and uh, oh my gosh, Darnell Nurse's sister's name. I'm drawing. He has two sisters. Sarah. Um, she's the hockey player, and Kia is the basketball. 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 Yeah, Sarah Nurse, and Mitch is. <laughs> I think this is one of the first times we played on <laughs> online, and it, and Mitch thought that um, Trevor Zegras was French Canadian, so he was like, "So, like, what about that uh, che- Trevor Zegras?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> Zegras. Was- <laughs> you gotta say it French. But- Trevor Zegras. <laughs> but he said it so so confidently. Um, which I love him for because he was just <laughs> you doubled down on that. And it was uh, it was just there was another player, um, Rasmus Dalin, I believe. Dalin. I I was telling Gio this the other day. I was like Rasmus Dalin. Like fuck, I'm so <laughs> bad, so bad with the NHL names. That's the thing, though, man. Is especially with Dalin, it's like. It's hard because, like, there's some even commentators that call him Dalin. And it's like, um, I'm pretty sure it's Dalin because if you look at like Swedish names, like Dalin, Sadin, Sundin, it's not like Sedin, Sundin, Dalin, <laughs> right? But like, 
I don't know his name for some reason. Sandine. All this, all this talk, Gio. Let's go in. Let's go. Come on. Let's let's wrap this up. Let's let's get this going. Listen, Aaron. Or Mitch, Mitch you... and I can jump on and play, and Gio, you can watch. I'll be the ref. Ooh. We'll have to have a tournament. See who's the best of the pod. All right, let's do it. We Gio. should we should live stream it. Hit him with the follow us on Twitter. Team up pod. Same handle for Instagram for episode updates and news Twitter for engagement guys. We really appreciate you tuning into the pod Mitchell, our weekly guest. We appreciate your time and difficulties in pronunciation <laughs> and just your overall aura. You've been a pleasure as always, Aaron, you, my guy, I don't have much to say, my guy, but yeah. uh, same to you, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, you're all right, I guess. But, um, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Again, follow us, recommend us, rate us, whatever you can to help the pod. We appreciate it. And we will be back shortly with some more news and topics. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.